This week on Maroon and Bold, we talk about Central Michigan football's upcoming game against Wisconsin and also touch into field hockey, who's off to a hot start for the first time in a long time. Welcome back to Maroon and Bold, everybody. Season 7, Episode 2, we're back. Um, Evan Petzold, I'm your host, and, and along with me, co-host Austin Chastain, our assistant sports editor. And, and today we really got to get into to Central Michigan football, right? I mean, that, that's been the storyline kind of around campus. And I understand volleyball is doing well. Field hockey is doing, doing great, um, surprisingly, actually. And, and, you know, things are really going well for CMU Athletics right now, but it all kind of ties back into the football team because they're going off and they're going to play a Big Ten team in Wisconsin. Um, moved up two spots, ranked number 17th in the nation now. So... Going to that matchup, I mean, a couple key points that you look at is is Jonathan Taylor at running back, and then CMU. You know how did they fare against Albany and and Austin? First question, I'll keep it so simple for you. How are you doing? One, two. How do you stop Jonathan Taylor? Come on. Number one, I'm doing really well. Okay. Uh, this this week's gone off to a great start. And number two, um, I'll be honest. Um, I, I was kind of joking uh, when we were testing our mics here. You you might actually have to put fifteen guys on the field, and no, I'm 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 kidding. But but put fourteen of them in the box. You right, said right, and leave fourteen one in the in box, coverage. one guy in coverage. That's exactly how you got to do it. And I'm I'm totally kidding. Or let McElwain throw the pads on. You said oh that we're we're now I'm bringing up what you no, said. No no you're ex you're absolutely right. That's exactly what I said. No but, but really though there there really isn't a way to stop him, and it, I think that's the point, right? I mean I think that's what you have to understand if you're central is you're you're not going to stop a, a guy like Jonathan Taylor just based off of what he did. Last week, I mean, okay, let me tell you, they won 49 nothing. It wasn't yeah. even close. No. Okay, he carried the ball 16 times for 135 yards and two touchdowns. He also caught two passes for 48 yards. Both of those receptions went for touchdowns. So two rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. The first two receiving touchdowns he's had in his entire career is they're using him in more of like a uh, – they're using him as a passing threat, honestly, in a way. And, yeah, he basically leads the team in rushing yards and receiving yards as well. Leads both categories in touchdowns. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but what else are you going to do? And then you also have to remember who's who, I mean, who's protecting him up front. A bunch of hogs up front that <laughs> are that are big boys. Dudes are big. I mean, that, and that that's the thing though. And I think that's where where Central Michigan, I'm, I'm sure they have, is is realizing, okay, we're not going to stop this guy at all. But how do we contain him? That's the be- that's the big word there, contain, because you're not going to shut him down. Mm-hmm. I, nope. Let's just be honest. He, nope. Ju- Jonathan Taylor's five foot eleven, two hundred and twelve pounds, and that is all muscle. That is all power. And sure, go ahead and try. You're go, not ahead and go, go ahead and try to shut him down. And you might, you might, you might for half of the first quarter. You might for the <laughs> whole first quarter. Maybe. But then, drive. A, but then after that, your 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 D line is absolutely gassed. Your linebackers are gassed, and then you're basically stuck for, you know, the last what. The last half and a half. Last, I mean, really, last though, forty-five like, minutes of the, or literally fifty minutes of the game. Yeah. Let's call it that. But uh, you're toast. Yeah. Well, and and Evan, you and I were talking off the air. We were having a conversation on how to stop Jonathan Taylor, or how to stop this Wisconsin offense. You said, I think you said it best. You have to put seven, eight guys in the box. Mm-hmm. Try to slow down. Just slow down. Contain. Jonathan Taylor. And you got to let Jack Cohn throw the ball and exactly. hope that he has an off day. Exactly. And and it happens. Wisconsin, uh, I actually looked up past th- – they, they don't lose these kind of games very often. They lost last year to BYU. But they don't lose these games very often. 
but there 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 are some games that are really really close that really really shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess it, it, it happens. happens. It happens. It, but it happens. But I mean, Wisconsin's thirty-two and two against the MAC. They've won twenty-three straight home openers. You know, CMU's last Big Ten win was in twenty fourteen against Purdue, and it's just like you you look at all these things together, and I mean, beating Purdue in twenty fourteen isn't really isn't really that impressive, no, right? They, they because, weren't they weren't good, and they still aren't. No. So you you take a team like Wisconsin, and you have to go to Camp Randall, and you have to play there, and yeah, you can probably chalk it up as a loss, but the point is, I mean, what are you going to learn? And I think that that's going to be the biggest takeaway is how much can you learn from that game and and take with you for the rest of the season because. Week three, Akron's coming to town. It's the MAC opener, and, and it's the MAC opener. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest thing is is trying to figure out, you know, okay, well, what what works against a dynamic running back? You know, wh- how can we, what can we do schematically to give us our best advantages? And I think this is where they're going to finally understand how do we do that, and then maybe that gives them a look at, okay, yeah, you slow down, you know, Taylor a little bit, and and you leave the passing game open. Well, then you get to learn a little bit about your cornerbacks, and you get to learn a little bit about your safeties, and. You know, looking at the defensive backs as a whole, I didn't think they were that good against Albany, honestly. I really didn't. They gave up some big plays, and at, at times they just looked like they were a step a step behind, and I think that's got to change if you even want a chance against Wisconsin. But you learn, you really learn, okay, where are they at in comparison to, we'll call them, we'll call Wisconsin, Wisconsin, you know, one of the best, we'll say, in this situation just because they are so much further ahead than, than where Central's at right sure. now. But I think you got to learn, and I think you also have to figure out, okay, you know how do we take care of the football against this team? I mean, they're a good defense. They're they're a darn good defense. They didn't they didn't they didn't give up a point. I no. don't care who you're playing. If you if you give up, you know, if there's a goose egg on the other end, you're doing something right. And I think you're going to kind of learn, you know, a little bit more about your offense and kind of okay. Well, well, what wh- what can we make work against a team that might be um, a, a lot better than us? Then how do we take that back to a to a Mid American Conference game? Maybe you're playing Ohio or you're playing somebody, and and it's okay. Well, h- how do we take that back and and beat one of those teams that might be a little bit better than us. You know, whether it's Buffalo, it might be, or, or Western potentially as well. I mean, how do you take that and, and bring it back? I think that's key. Yeah, and another key is staying healthy. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly can't remember who I was talking to about this, but staying healthy in these big, you know, these big, I guess the big boys mm-hmm. kind of game, if if you can stay healthy, you don't lo- really lose anybody. Because I mean, these dudes are significantly bigger than most of CMU's players. Th- yeah. These Wisconsin dudes, I mean. Mm-hmm. So if if CMU can stay healthy, and and not really lose anybody, I mean, obviously you don't ever want to see someone get hurt, and you you don't wish it upon anybody. Um, but it, it happens, and especially in these kinds of games. So if CMU can really stay healthy. It'll set them up well for the Akron game, and then you gotta go. You gotta go down to South Beach. You gotta go play the Hurricanes, which yep. we'll get to later. But yeah, I, I think one of the ways that you potentially at least put some points on the board is by, you know, really trying to take advantage of size mismatches and in, in, in not on the line. Trust me, not on the line. <laughs> I'm talking about you know with your wide receivers going against their cornerbacks. Um, you know. Looking down the list, it's it's five ten, um, six two. Those are the starters. So we have a five five foot ten and then six foot two, for the the two corners that Wisconsin's going to feature. And then as as backups though, you know, one six foot and the other one's five eleven, and that's basically what you get. And and then you switch it over and look at CMU's offense, and looking at those wide receivers. Yeah, you have Cole Pimpleton who's five nine, and, and he's not going to run that deep route. I mean, unless he can you know get by him with his speed, which is a possibility. But 
looking at the rest of the guys, Cameron Cole is, is six feet tall. Drayton Law is 6'4". Ja'Cory Sullivan is 6'2". Tyrone Scott is 6'3". Keontra Nixon is 6'3". And Bailey Edwards is 6'2". So you have a size advantage in terms of height there. And also looking at the weight advantages, I mean, they, they definitely have a leg up there. So I think if you can try to at least protect Quentin Dormady enough to give him a chance to air it out, Maybe there's a chance that you can trust, you know, those guys to go up and get it. You saw it with Tyrone Scott against Albany. I mean, the way that he was able to go up and just get – well, the way that he was able to go up and just get the ball was impressive to me. I think, you know, being that he is 6'3", and he is at the Division I level, you can trust him. To, to know, okay, if I get it up in his area, he can go up and make a play on it. And I think that's winning half the battle right there, is knowing that your receiver can make a play on anything that you throw in their general vicinity. Whether that play means knocking it down, knocking it away from a corner if it's a bad throw, and knowing that they just got to kind of get it out, just hit it, get it out somehow, um, or even you know just get a hand on it. If you know that your receivers can do that, it's going to give you a lot more opportunities to, to have big plays, and I think that's what they're going to get. And that's how you got to do it. They're not. They're not going to win the game on the ground. Jonathan Ward's not going to go for for 150 yards. There, it's just not happening. They're going to have to throw the ball, spray it on the field. They're going to have to almost play like a West Coast style offense just to get points on the board. If they don't do that, I think they're toast. And but that's where that RPO spread kind of a look comes in from the offensive standpoint is because, you know, if you can at least throw some type of plays in there that give you an option to do both, and and you can maybe catch the defense off guard. That's where you see a couple of big plays, kind of like Albany had against CMU. It, you know. You, McElwain talked about it a lot was yeah Albany they, they beat us on a couple uh, a couple deep balls but besides that we were all right and I think if you can come out of you know the game at Wisconsin and say okay we beat him on a couple big plays and and we lost by you know 14 to, to 21 points I don't think that's I, I really don't think that's a bad outcome for your team in terms of looking at it from a scoreboard standpoint maybe not from a learning standpoint but just from putting points on the board and, and at least making it interesting I think that gives you the best opportunity is trying to get out in that West Coast type of a type of a, a real true spread offense and trying just to open the field up like crazy. But I, I like what they have at receiver. I think Tony. I don't. I don't. I don't think Tony Poljan is going to have much of an issue. I wouldn't be surprised if they used him a little bit more and, and gave him some opportunities. Um, you know, the one linebacker, Chris Orr, is um, is I guess he's kind of up in the air about if he's going to be able to play or not due to an injury. Um, they've also have some other guys out, and it's it's one of those situations where, okay, they've got a they got a starting safety out in, in Scott Nelson, and they've got you know one of their starting linebackers out, and they've got a guy on the line out. It's if you can you can take advantage of that, you might have a chance. And, and just so you guys all know, everyone that's listening, right tackle Logan Bruss, um, safety Scott Nelson, and linebacker um, Isaiah Green May. Those are the the three that won't play that are starters, and then Orr is obviously questionable, but. What do you think about that, man? Just trying to find find advantages, trying to find mismatches in any way possible. Is that the only mismatch that you see is with the wide receivers and corners, or do you think there might be another spot that maybe they could possibly take advantage of? I I don't think so. I mean, we we mentioned it when we came on when we came on here. Really, both lines, offensive and defensive, are just absolute hogs for mm-hmm. Wisconsin. I mean, these are some big dudes. You want to so, hear? Uh, sure. You Go hear? for it. Yeah. Run. Run it down. Run it down. All right. So we'll start on. Uh, we'll start on the offensive line, um, and then we're gonna go. You know, I'll give you two name. I'll give you two lists of numbers, and it'll be starters and backups. So left tackle, six five, three hundred and twelve pounds, and the backup six six, three oh seven pounds. At left guard, we have six six, three twenty eight, and then the backup for that position is six three, three twenty one. 
at the center position, 6'3", 321. The backup, 6'6", 328. At right guard, 6'4", 327 pounds. And the backup, 6'3", 321 pounds. And at right tackle, 6'5", 307 pounds. And the backup, 6'6", 309 pounds. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we'll start with the defensive end position. Wow, this one's bad. Six foot seven, 293 pounds. The backup is 6'3", 286 pounds. And nose tackle, we have 6'2", 300 pounds. And then the backup is 6'4", 315 pounds. By the way, that backup is a freshman. Defensive, the other, the other defensive end position, 6'2", 279 pounds. And then 6'2", 288 pounds is the backup. They run a 3-4 defense, so only three guys up front. But have fun dealing with 6'7", 6'2", and 6'2", up front. And the backups aren't anywhere, aren't too far behind them. I mean, Austin, you're laughing. Oh, my God. These dudes are mad. I, okay, I knew we were saying that they were big dudes, but my God, these are some big dudes. Yeah. Like, capital B-I-G, man. Come yeah. on. And um, and just so you guys know, too, the only the only player on Central Michigan's um, starting offensive line that's over 300 pounds is Oge Udeku, who's at 313 pounds. And that's probably because he came from a div- – you know, he came from a – came from a Big 12 school in Iowa State, and he was at that level where he was going to be able to compete against guys that are at Wisconsin. But the rest of them, Clay Walderzak's only 279. Derek Smith's only 281. Luke Odecki is 285. And then you want to switch it over on the defensive side. I mean, Amir Sadiq is only 245. Um, Jacques Bristol, who's expected to potentially start at nose tackle over DeAndre Dill, um, he's 295. Laquan Johnson's 272. Sean Adesanya's 238. I mean, almost every guy is is oversized by anywhere between you know 50 to 50 to 90 pounds, essentially. Um, yeah, so, yeah, 50 to 90 pounds, give or take some. My math's not great, but that's the, the, those aren't pretty matchups. No, and you know, as you as you're rattling off these numbers, I can't help but think, you know, do do you almost kind of sit back defensively because you're you're i mean unless you bring a uh, safety down on a blitz i don't think that yeah i mean if they I did that, that I mean, if, any if they of the did, linemen are gonna get through like no it, no i mean if they did that they might they might have to bring you know alonzo mccoy down and and maybe use him and help have him pack the box and i i don't know man i wouldn't be surprised if they had you know two corners two safeties and then you know the other safety came up and and got in the box along with linebackers and dude it's just a mess of a game plan to look at because I don't know how you game plan against Wisconsin with the roster that you have. I just don't No, all those. I mean, those are some really big numbers for some really big people. Mm-hmm. I will reiterate that every, every single time. I, I just don't under, I don't, I don't, I can't comprehend, can't wrap my head around how really either side of the ball is going to get around those, those big, big guys up front. I think one advantage that you have if you're central is Tony Poljan. You got to use him well on offense. You have to give him opportunities to be just be just be an athlete. Um, also, if you want to win this game and you want to do something, you got to score quick and I think you got to do some trickery. Honestly, would it shock me if uh if first play of the game it was thrown the pass was thrown by Tony Poljan? No, it wouldn't shock me if they if they did something crazy to just totally catch Wisconsin off guard. Is that a possibility? Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Would it shock me if they used David Moore a little bit more and let him try to run and, and use what he has? Maybe. Do they have that in their system right now? I don't know. 
it's, it's really too soon to tell, but they've got to do something different. They have to mix it up. I think one advantage that you might also have too is, is honestly at the quarterback position um, just because of the fact that Jack Cohn really didn't, didn't play much last year. I mean, he played when Hornybrook was injured and, and now he's the starter obviously, but he really only has, you know, a good chunk of starts to his name and, he only had a 60%. I mean, his, his completion percentage last year was only 60%. He threw five touchdowns, but he also threw three picks. Um, and during the time that he was playing, obviously those were coming against Big Ten opponents, and that's a little bit different than Central Michigan. But I think, you know, you have more years of, of Quentin Darmody learning different systems and understanding different things. I think maybe he might be um, a potential advantage, but then again, it all comes back to protection, and I just don't think you're going to be able to protect him. And the way that they – and honestly, pocket presence, I thought, I thought it was garbage – against uh against albany i don't think the offensive line protects quentin dormady well enough at all i think they could have done done a lot more and i think there was a lot more that was expected um the amount of throws that he he had to rush to make and then also too we saw especially really early in the game a lot of drop passes from the receivers i think there was yeah. maybe three or four of the passes that that went you know for incompletions that that dormady had out of his 10 i think four or five of them were dropped early in the game and that's something that you can't have especially against you know a team like wisconsin but but I do think his experience and his maturity might give him a, a small advantage if you want to compare quarterback to quarterback. But you got to remember this thing's a team game, and there are so many more people involved. And ten other guys on the field. Yeah. So, um, I guess I guess I'll pose you a very difficult question. Okay. Um, real quick, what has to go right for Central, or what has to go right for Central Michigan to win, and, and really what has to go wrong for Wisconsin? to allow Central to win, those two questions kind of combined. I'll give if you, there was any way. I'll give you one answer. And a realistic for both. way, too. Everything. Um, like, <sighs> offensively, you, you, need to, you need to establish a presence early. Mm-hmm. You, need to get, you need to get Quinton throwing quickly because I don't think the running game is going to be able to beat Wisconsin alone. No. I, well, it won't beat any team alone, but you need to get – you need to get Quentin throwing, and you got to get him throwing quickly. Uh, like I said, quickly, and when I mean quickly, I mean right off the snap, almost like, like if you're playing Madden, a quick slants play kind of mm-hmm. thing. You you, you got to get the ball out quickly. He threw he threw the ball 37 times against Albany. How many times do you have to throw it against Wisconsin? I would say 50 compete? plus. 50 plus. 50 I agree. plus. He's got to go for 350 or more. Yeah, I think three touchdowns. Three touchdowns is a really good number. Yeah. But you got to have like four or five against Wisconsin. No interceptions, zero turnovers. CMU was minus two in the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's plus two in the turnover margin. So you, McElwain said it. Ball security is going to be huge. If if you turn the football over, you're good luck. Yeah, you you no, and you have to force a couple of turnovers too, um, and probably score score one like Albany did against against CMU because. At that point, the game wasn't completely salted away. I don't think it ever really was. It was just a it, it was a weird game. It just in, in overall feel. I feel like, um, but that that turnover made it kind of interesting mm-hmm. right at the end, and then CMU went and scored on that next drive. Any other any other reasons why? Well, any other things that have to go right for CMU for them to win, or is, is that kind of basically it? Just everything and taking care of the football and that's, uh, that's throwing the much, ball a lot. Y- yeah, you have to throw the ball a lot. You have to take care of it, and I I think that's you might need a little bit of luck. You might you might need a trick play like kind of what we saw against Michigan State that that pass Jonathan Ward to Tony Poljan. Mm-hmm. You, you need something like that. Um, 
And yeah. for Wisconsin, I mean, it, you know, maybe Taylor has a couple of fumbles or or uh, Jack Cohn throws an interception or two. You, you never know. know. You, you just never know. So you need you need CMU needs to I hate to say it needs to play a perfect game, and Wisconsin needs to play just kind of mediocre. Couple updates from the depth chart coming into this week. Jacory Sullivan's back, and he's going to start after coming back from a suspension. He was suspended, um, not for anything he did, you know, recently, but it was actually from last year um, during the brawl against Toledo. He was, um, you know, he was ejected in the second half. In the second half of that game, meaning he has to sit out two full halves. Obviously, served that time against Albany. Didn't need him, got the win anyway. But he's back, and, and he's going to be an added threat to the offense. Um, true freshman defensive tackle. Uh, Jacques Bristol, I kind of mentioned him already, but he's pushing DeAndre Dill for the starting spot. They're now listed as um, or when it comes down to looking at the depth chart, which or basically means it could be Bristol that starts or DeAndre Dill. They, they have it laid out pretty easily um, to, to understand. But also cornerback Norman Anderson moved above Darius Bracey on the depth chart, but they're both still listed as or in terms of starting. Another name to note that, that made his way in there was Kyron McKinney-Harper. Um, a true freshman from Cass Tech down in Detroit. He's a guy that bumped Deshaun McNary, an independent CC um, transfer, you know, coming from the JUCO ranks, pushed him out of the depth chart and out of the two deep, moved himself in there, and now he's listed with Brandon Brown, who's a sophomore and was expected to be kind of the anchor of the cornerback group. They're now listed as as or, so either of them could end up starting. Um, those are two guys to obviously you know keep an eye on. Look for Norman Anderson and Kyron McKinney Harper to see what they're going to be able to do. They're not big. McKinney Harper is 185 pounds. Norman Anderson's 172 pounds. They don't got a lot of size. I thought they were a little bit behind against Albany, but you know that was you know their that was their first time really getting true college playing time, and, and definitely for McKinney Harper, who's who's just a true freshman. So keep an eye on those guys. See how they progress. Another name to keep out keep an eye out for is Joel Wilson. We'll have more on him coming likely tomorrow, but uh, he's not going to play against Wisconsin, and that's a that's a big loss because he's a guy that. Yes, he is the third-string tight end behind Poljan and Bernard Raymond, but at the same time, McElwain has stressed the importance of you know using three tight ends in certain packages and allowing him to play receiver, and, and I think he brings enough athleticism to the table, and he's quick enough, and he's not as tall as, as Poljan and Raymond at 6'7", but he's, you know, he's a little bit smaller. Um, he's probably around 6'3", 6'4", but he does bring the, the ability to run like a wide receiver, but still have the size of a tight end and that that would have been huge in my opinion against a, a team like Wisconsin who isn't as isn't as big when it comes down to their corners and they're not as big um I mean I guess they're they're still technically big but specifically speaking towards those corners you know not not as tall um you know so if any, any added presence you could give there would have been helpful but you know he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to play due to the injury and that's basically you know the the biggest differences and the biggest changes on the depth chart um so I guess I guess Austin, when it comes down to to just looking at what this game really means, I mean, if you're central and you know you're heading into Camp Randall, what do you want to leave with? Like what what are what are the main goals to to go out of there with, assuming that you're not going to win the game? If that if that makes sense. Yeah. I, well. Like besides winning, what do you want to try to take away? I think you want to try to take away some lessons. Um, what what can your offense do when it's when it's tasked with a really really good defense? Mm-hmm. And same thing defensively. Like that secondary is really young. What what can that secondary do against really again really good competition? Um, and heading into conference play the following week, mm-hmm. I mean that that I mean the MAC opener like 
you don't you don't think about it, but it's actually pretty big. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's important. I mean, obviously, all com- all all twelve games are important. Conference games have a little bit more to it, but I think I think if you take away a couple of lessons on both sides of the ball, like how how can we stack up against good teams like this? And no injuries. No injuries. <laughs> no injuries. Couple lessons learned. No injuries. I think that'll, I think that'll really be a successful day for, mm-hmm. for Jim McElwain and and the boys. And just looking to to run back quickly through the stats against Albany. Obviously, that was a thirty-eight twenty-one win last Thursday. Quinn Dormady was twenty-seven of thirty-seven for two hundred eighty-five yards and three touchdowns. He was sacked twice. Um, had had a lot of pressure on him, but but only went down twice. Did a good job of staying active in the pocket and moving around and and, and bouncing a little bit back and forth. I thought he was. I thought he did a pretty good job there. Um, you know, from the, the running back standpoint, Jonathan Ward, 22 carries for 158 yards and two touchdowns. He also had three receptions for 53 yards. Um, Kobe Lewis, you know, came in and is his backup and, and worked in that role. He had 13 carries for 50 yards, and then the true freshman Lou Nichols, another Cast Tech guy. Had six carries for 32 yards in the wide receiver position. Tyrone Scott led the way with five receptions for 93 yards and two touchdowns. Cole Pimpleton added eight receptions for 40 yards and one touchdown. Keonta Nixon, who's a, a redshirt freshman, a young guy who, who they're really high on, he had four receptions for 33 yards. Tony Pulgin had three receptions for um, for 27 yards. And then Drayton Law, a guy who I think we might see a little bit more this week, had one reception for 13 yards and then obviously Joel Wilson who who's down with the injury he had a catch for seven yards Ryan Tice went four for four on his extra points hit a 50 yard field goal he looked really good um, Devonnie Reed led the team in tackles with five um, as, as a safety and I thought they just were able to get a lot of different guys in the game and I think that was really important was trying to get younger guys in there and giving them opportunities to, to see what they can do they did a good job of that I think it was what eight eight different guys caught passes, and that's something that you also really want to see coming into the year. So some good things there, but a huge, huge, huge tough test ahead. Austin, um, are you ready to give your prediction, or do you want me to do you want me to go first? You got a score for me? I think I do. One quick note on the Tice field goal, fifty yards. That thing was good from fifty-seven. I know. I know. That thing was a missile. That I was. Know. I'm a big special teams guy. That that kick was awesome. Now, as for the prediction, it's going to be close. Closer than the experts think, as Lee Corso would say. I'm going to go Wisconsin 45, CMU 30. I think CMU, like you were saying, they they adopt that kind of pass-heavy offense that West Coast look, and they put some points up on the board. Um, But it's close in the first half. A little bit in the in the second half, and then Wisconsin pulls away late. So originally, when my when I made my predictions, um, I said Wisconsin twenty eight, CMU thirteen, and I think I was a little a little silly to uh, to make that type of a prediction. But I'm going to go out there, you know, on the record and tell you guys that I think I'm a little bit silly for that um, because I don't think it's going to be that close, and I don't think it's going to be that low scoring. I think Wisconsin is going to do what they got to do, and and I don't think they're gonna they're gonna lighten up and take it easy. Um, I don't think they dominate on on all all facets of the offense. I don't think they're going to post, you know, 50 plus points or anything, but I, I think I would give them, you know, a solid solid, you know, 35 to to 21 or, or 35 to you know to to 14 type of a win, right? Some somewhere in there where I think it's going to be a good, you know, two three touchdown 
uh, margin or two touchdown and, and a field goal margin. But I don't think they're going to blow the doors off of them and score 50-plus just based off the fact that Wisconsin isn't really a team to do that. They're more of a ground-and-pound type of a squad. So with that, I, I, I still think CMU is going to lose. Not as close as I made in my original predictions, but I wanted to give you guys both because, well, I didn't want to seem like a jerk. That was, you know, <laughs> just basing it off of what I know now. But but no. Um, and what was your – and what, do you remember what your prediction was? I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. You, you tell me what you think about my prediction of, um, you know, of, of about two, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, maybe two touchdowns and a field goal, something like that, and I'm going to find your prediction. All right, so I'm going to hold you to 38-28. Okay. That, well, no, no, that that's not right. That's a touchdown and a field goal. Mm-hmm. However, it goes. I don't, I don't hate it. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a bad prediction. I would say like thirty-five seventeen. Yeah, I like thirty-five seventeen. Yeah, that's that's that sounds right. Like I don't have a problem with with that as my prediction. No. Thirty-five seventeen, people. You heard it here. All right, Evan's going thirty-five seventeen. Just to reiterate. So um it's not bad. Uh I you, you said you said thirty four thirty one originally. Wow. And we talked we talked too and you said that you and you originally had CMU beating Wisconsin. I did. I really did. I And then you saw week one. I did, yeah. And I think you realized. Yeah. Uh, week one, I mean it's it's hard to compare because Wisconsin obviously the big power five, you know, seventeenth best team in the country against USF but at the same time you know Central Michigan against a kind of a poor FCS team in Albany Wisconsin went out there and took care of their business CMU just kind of didn't there were a couple of lapses they obviously went out and got the win but there were a couple of lapses um, on both sides of the ball funny it was funny that you said um, Dormady got sacked twice both times he got sacked he let go of the football that, that again it goes back to the ball security thing, but thirty five seventeen is really is not a bad prediction. I, I like I, I honestly I kind of like that a little bit more than mine, but I'm not gonna go back on it. Yeah, well, obviously we both uh, we both are picking CMU to lose, but one team that isn't losing at all they are not surprisingly enough the field hockey team. What is going on over there at the field hockey? Field hockey field, whatever you want to call it over there. <laughs> the CMU What's going field on, hockey man? complex. What's going on? Everyone calls her Co. Catherine, Catherine Ostwich. Um, so I'm just going to call her Co. Because that's what she goes by. Um, the minute she got here, she's been preaching aggressive, aggressive mentality. She wants it on both the offensive side and the defensive side. Go out, go out, get the ball. Pretty much. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. Just go out and get the ball. And they're actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this team didn't really do that last year. It was a lot of sloppy passing and not a whole lot of aggression. We're just going to kind of sit back. There was hardly any offense last year. They won two games last year. Um, they've already matched that total in their first two games. The first time that they had won consecutive games since 2014. And the first time that they swept the opening weekend since 2013. I mean, we're, we're that's... We're still in high – Evan, you and I are still in high school. I know. I know. That's ridiculous. I know. Well, 2013. Oh, you were probably in middle school, weren't you? I would have been in eighth grade, I think. Oh, my gosh. Because I I graduated in 2017 at the end, though. So, the beginning would have been 2016. So, it would have been 2015. No, I would have been like a freshman. Yeah, I would have been a a sophomore in 2014. Yeah. 
sophomore in 2014. I would have been a freshman in 2013. But, yeah, okay. I mean, I was a young buck. Yeah. Really yeah. young buck. Really, really but, young bull. But, no, I mean, just to, to really understand, too, 2014, they were 7-12, and 12, and that was that was their last, let's just call it a decent year. Um, 2015, they were 2-15. and 15. <laughs> In 2016, they were 1-17. In 2017, they were 0-18. In 2018, they were 2-16. and 16. And now – two wins to start the season it's impressive um one of the one of the names that's just continuously you know jumped out at, you know over and over and over again doesn't even have experience at the college level and alice o'hagan uh, just a just a freshman coming from england and it's just it's just so interesting to see how some of these parts can come together and you kind of buy into a system and it all works and you know our other reporter andrew loveland who's been covering them really well um has been and, and go check out his stuff by the way cm-life.com he's got a lot of it out there um, but you know he's been covering the, this field hockey team real well, and, and just the message has been this aggressive attacking type of style, and so far it's working and, it, and it's paying off. And, and don't get me wrong, okay, you know their their first two opponents coming with Colgate and St. Louis. I mean they're not going to be your your best opponents out there, and we'll find out more about this team as they go. But still, it's a nice start. I mean I don't got a problem with that, right? I yeah. mean it's you know, starting two and zero. There ain't no issues. Yeah, that's a really really nice start. Where I mean, this team's been, yeah. I mean. I think we were talking about it yesterday. They have had two winning seasons since the turn of the millennium. Since 2000, they've had two winning seasons. And those winning seasons were by plus, I think, plus plus one game each time. Uh, but you're, you're right. We'll find out more about this team as, as it goes along. So they've got Iowa on Friday. Um and then go to Ohio State on September 13th, and then they welcome welcome in the Wolverines. The Big Black M coming to Mount Pleasant on yep. September 15th. That's a Sunday. And then it, and then it goes into MAC play um, right after that against Longwood. There, so there are some really challenging games. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and call it a winning season, but if, if this team keeps playing the way that it has been, that aggressive mentality, and and Co said it herself after the game on uh, on Monday. We have some passing that we got to clean up. There's a there's a lot of stuff that we can clean up, and if I think if this team does it, it's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see it. You know, ten and eight. I know I just I just said not I'm not going to call it a winning season, but if if that passing crisp crisp pass can crisp passing continues. Who knows? Who knows? We we'll could, see. We could see a couple of uh, a couple of nice wins. Time will tell. Football's one and zero on the season. Volleyball's three and zero. Field hockey's two and zero. And the soccer team, well, they're zero zero and two. Both of those coming as ties. So no CMU athletics team has actually lost yet, which is which is pretty impressive. Um, so undefeated across the board there. But I think that's all we got, right? I think so. Do you have something else to add or no? I don't. I man, I don't. I don't. I don't think I do. I all think right. that's it. You you were okay, so just just so you guys all know, he was kind of feeling uh he was kind of feeling his beard a little bit there. I was yeah, thinking a, a deep in depth kind of a scratching the beard a, late a little hit, bit, but yeah, but no. no no. So you know, athletics are going good up here. Um, you know, nothing nothing too crazy, but anyway, everyone's undefeated right now. Nobody has a loss on there. What, what are you gonna say? Just say it already. Say, Just cut well, me off. I was gonna say we'll see you guys in Madison. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, we'll see you. I mean, that's going to be a fun environment, man, just to talk about that for a second. I mean, I've heard so many list. good things. It, yeah. I mean, growing up and, and you're watching football on TV, that's one of the places that you kind of you kind of point at, you look at, and you say, yeah, it'd be it'd be sweet to go there someday. So to get a chance to even just 
be in the area and to 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 be in the stadium and, and just to to witness the atmosphere is is going to be awesome but i'm excited for the jump around at the end of the third quarter i mean it should i'm expecting i uh, wisconsin fans i'm expecting a packed house on better Saturday. bring it better hey, bring say, it hey, central's tough man they, it call it a ri- call it a rivalry Kidding. Oh, sh- let's not do that. Um, no, but but it's anyway, a home opener. I'm expecting a full house. <laughs> you're you're expecting a full house. I'm expecting a lot of driving because you know we know how that goes. But <laughs> anyway, that's all we got for you today on Maroon and Bold. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at CM Life and at CM Life Sports. You can also go online and check us out at cm-life.com. We'll have all your sports coverage right there whenever you need it. Thanks, guys. Thank you.